Wow, how's your week been? <laughs> I know it's like some people are saying woohoo, and other people are saying oh my. Well, I'm going to try to get above that a little bit today and kind of talk about to us about uh, something that's going on, and it comes down from heaven above. God is still on the throne. Isn't it true? Let's give the Lord a hand. He is still on the throne. I'd like you just to stand with me. We're going to be reading from Hebrews and the 10th chapter. And when I chose this verse and I began to feel like we're going this direction, there's a time in life when you shrink back and there's a time where you press forward. Isn't that true? There's sometimes where you kind of ebb and flow. Well, sometimes when you pull back, it's not time to pull back. It's time to move forward. And I believe right now, for us, we need to move forward. We need to take another step forward closer to being the God's people than we've ever been before. It's important that we take that seriously. We're going to be reading from Hebrews, the 10th chapter, starting with the 31st verse. 32nd. Hebrews 10, 32. But recall the former days when, after you were enlightened, you endured a hard struggle with sufferings, sometimes being publicly exposed to reproach and affliction, and sometimes being partners with those so treated. For you have compassion on those in prison, and you joyfully accepted the plundering of your property, since you knew that yourself had a better possession and an abiding one. Therefore, do not throw away your confidence, which has a great reward. For you have need of endurance, so that when you've done the will of God, you'll receive what is promised. For yet a little while, And the coming one will come and will not delay. But my righteous one shall live by faith. And if he shrinks back, my soul has no pleasure in him. But we are not of those who shrink back and are destroyed. But of those who have faith, preserving their souls. Let's bow our heads. Lord, I think about a time like this that we read a scripture like this and know that the word of God speaks clearly. It cautions us. It reproves us. It encourages us. We're thankful, Lord, for your word that's our instruction book. And we're thankful for the God behind the instruction book that guided us and leads us and gives us a pathway to walk on. We're grateful, your people, today to know that the anchor of our soul is not found here on earth. It's found in heaven. That you are a God that has all things in control. Help us today to hear your cry from heaven to your people. Giving us instruction. Giving us a word of caution. Giving us words that will speak to us to teach us how to live this life that you called us to. That we will be pleasing to you in everything that we say and do. We need your help today. We ask you to come now and lead us into your word. And speak to our hearts what you want to say. In Jesus' name we pray. And everyone said, Amen. 
So give someone a high five, shake hands with someone, give them a holy kiss, a hug. Our God is on the throne. He's not afraid. He knows what he's doing. He has a plan that no man can mess up. And it's time for us to know that today he doesn't want us to shrink back. It's not time for us to move to Canada. (laughs) It's time for us to press into God. He's placed you exactly where he wants you to place. And it doesn't matter if you're celebrating or sad. Today is very important for us to know we're not supposed to be shrinking back. We're supposed to be moving forward. We're supposed to gather our strength and encourage one another to stand and be the people of God. We have a a God who has a plan that's been unfolding for years. Ever since he created us, he had an unfolding plan that no man can mess up. And we need to be a part of that plan and understanding it and be understanding him and turn off the TV and stop reading the papers and start listening to the conversations that we hear around tables and start listening to our God who has a plan for us. He's not done with us. It's not done with us. He's just beginning to do what he wants to do. Now is the time for us to press into God. In the scripture here in Hebrews, they were very, very nervous because people at this point should have been pressing in, but they were backing off. This was 75 years after the death of Christ, and the people of God have just had enough beating down and oppression that they were beginning to come backwards instead of pushing forward. And God was upset with them saying, no, I'm not going to have any pleasure in my people that do that. I want you to keep going forward. Now is the time to get your strength together. Now is the time to strength weaken legs and get your hands that are so weak and feeble and grab a hold of things and get a hold of me and go forward. Don't draw back. Don't lose your momentum now. Now is the time for strong faith, not for weak faith. When it says don't lose your confidence, don't throw away your confidence, it's talking about bold living. It was a conversation. It wasn't just a, a, a nice little phrase to say. These people were living boldly for God. They were pressing into the kingdom of God and saying, now is the time for people to repent and turn to God. They were telling people, it's now, for the first time, we have a true Messiah who has come and died on the cross and now lives again and rose again and has a work for us to to be a part of a plan that he started and now we're going to finish it. Now is the time for God's people to rise up and be a part of this life journey, this exciting faith journey that we're on. So don't throw away your confidence now. They had already been professing the kingdom of God. They were declaring it boldly. They were telling people about God for the first time and the story of Jesus. And people were hearing it for the first time. They said, we never heard this before. But people were accepting Christ. And they were coming to Christ and serving the Lord. And there was an army of people after Jesus' death that were on the earth. It was powerful. But this time went on. They began to get beat down. They began to lose focus. They began to pull back instead of push, pressing in. And the, re- the reader of Hebrews was saying, don't do that now. We're so close. Trusting God, even when it doesn't make sense. Knowing that you can't really actually see what God's doing, but you know he's in charge. You believe from the bottom of your heart that he is able, but you don't want to stop now believing that he's able, that nothing's impossible for him, even when it doesn't make sense. In spite of it all, you believe that God's in charge. That's a good word for us now. It's not time to pull back. 
It's time for us to be God's people that live by faith. It required for us to be, live, be living by faith. It was a requirement of God for us to believe. I, have, I was going to put a table up here and two chairs and be like a Starbucks or a coffee shop where people gather and meet or people call someone up and say, hey, I haven't seen you for a while. Let's get together. And I was going to just have that sit there and have a conversation with an empty chair. But I'm just going to work that table together and I'm talking to you. And, I'm, and Curry, I called this appointment today. So this appointment today was for you and me. I haven't seen you for a while and I've been wondering what's going on in your life. And we've been a lot, through a lot together, but I haven't seen you for a while. And it's just great to see you today. I invited you here because what's going on in your life? How's your job? How's your family? How are things going? I wanted to say to you that I love you and I miss you. Sometimes when I have someone calls me up and has this conversation with me, I'm going, I needed that. You ever had a conversation when someone called you and you haven't been called for a long time and someone called you and said, hey, let's get together and meet. And when you'd get with them, you realize, thank you. I really needed that conversation. Ever happened to you? Well, it happens. It happens to me and it's happened where people call me and I've called others. But the conversation kind of goes like this. I remember the days when we used to pray together. We'd open the Bible and we'd study the word of God together. And we got so excited about what God was going to be doing next. We felt there was a call in our life. And we were excited about what God was going to be doing in our families. We were praying for our families to come to Christ. We were praying for our workers that we work with to come to Christ. There were so many things to be excited about. For the first time, we'd been set free from our sins. And we were saying, you know what? I, for the first time in my life... I believe I have a plan now, a God who has a plan for my life. He loves me, has a plan for me. How exciting is that? And we begin to walk together, and you know what? We shared all the hopes and dreams that we had about where we want to be in five, ten years from now. We dreamed and prayed and pressed into God, and we were going to turn up this world upside down for the Lord. And we were so excited. But then life happened. And I didn't see you, but I heard some things that happened to you. I heard that you got sick. I heard that there were family members in your family that got very upset with you because you knew, became Christ, knew Christ now and you were Christian and you went to them and they rejected you. Friends. You had to get a whole new set of friends. I heard about the loss of your job. I heard that you got devastated with bad news. It's like you got a punch in the stomach, you got a kick to the head and someone brought you to the ground. And you know, I've prayed for you. And I'm sorry that happened. I heard that some Christians hurt your feelings and it really was hard for you to stay in church any longer because you realize you're around people that hurt you and it wounded you deeply and you shrunk back and I miss you. Is there any way that I can get you to come back again? Is there any way I can begin to encourage you that you've lost ground and you know what, I love you still and God still loves on the throne and he loves you and he's not moved but you just need to pull back to him. Anyone ever tell you that? Anyone have the conversation with you? Happened to me. I got so discouraged years ago that I just felt like I was just so depressed I couldn't even think straight. And you know what I began to do? This is dangerous. I began to isolate. Isolation is always the beginning of trouble. It's the very opposite of what God wants us to do is fellowship. When I was meeting with this person before and we used to have fellowship together and, and dream and pray together, we were in fellowship, encouraging one another to go out and do this together for the Lord, a family, friends, 
sharing in the responsibility. We're an army going out to win this, Lord, this place for the Lord, win our community for the Lord, win our families for Christ. But when I, began, I got hurt and I pulled back and I got kind of discouraged, I didn't get kind of discouraged, I got very discouraged and began to lose my thought, thinking about, it became dim, my faith became dim. I encouraged a friend across the table as someone has encouraged me. Is there any way I can get you to get back up again? Can I help you back up again? Can we begin to pray together? God's not moved. He's still on the throne. He still cares. The call is still there. Don't miss the call. I believe with all my heart I'm talking to a Christian. I believe with all my heart I'm talking to a believer. This is not about losing their faith. It's, they're on their way to heaven. But do you know that there's more to life than heaven? Do you know that? There's more to life in heaven. And that's to fulfill the call in our life that God has called us to. Thank you back there. I appreciate that. (laughs) It's really true, though. There's a call on your life. And you can miss it if you don't continue to stay strong in your faith. You can still make it to heaven, but not fulfill the call in your life. And that's discouraging to me. It's to know that I almost missed it. If someone hadn't come to me, cared and loved me enough to come to me and say, Don, wake up. Don't be discouraged now. Yes, you've been devastated. It hurts. But you know what? It's time to get over it and get up and go move forward. This, need, you know, this is a better time now to live than we've ever before. You're so close to coming to where you need to be and where you've always wanted to be. We're so close to that time. It's not too late. Don't shrink back now. Don't pull back. Please don't move. Please don't leave. Stay. We need you. It's interesting that this scripture in Hebrews is quoted from Habakkuk. How many people have ever read Habakkuk or even know it's in the Bible? (laughs) How many have read Habakkuk? It's three chapters. It's a very easy read. It's a conversation between two people. God and Habakkuk, the whole, the whole book. But it's interesting that they would quote that because he's quoting this verse, the Hebrews writer is quoting this verse from Habakkuk, where it was 600 years before Christ, to a people that's now 75 years after Christ's death. What could they be having in common? What could there be in common with both of those things? In verse 10.37, it says, For in a little while, and the coming one will come and will not delay. But my righteous one shall live by faith, and if he shrinks back, my soul has no pleasure in him. That's so interesting. Why would he quote that? That many years apart, almost 700 years, 700 years apart from each other. Because God required faith of his people always. You always had to believe and trust in God. It wasn't just something that was an option. You can't please God unless you trust him. It's interesting, in the New Testament scripture that we read out of Hebrews, these people didn't know exactly where they were going. They just know they were fulfilling the path of Christ. They were on his path daily, getting signposts, so we're doing God's will. Oh, seek ye first the kingdom. Lord, I want to do what you want me to do. They were following a path, but they didn't know what was around the corner. They had to trust God for what was around the corner. Isn't that a crazy way to live? And I'm sure there's people here that are leaning in saying, why in the world 
I've never, I don't know, I've never known Christ before, but why would you do that? Because it's the best way to live. It's like living your whole life on your own, doing what you want to do, and all of a sudden you realize, that's, I'm tired of that. I failed miserably in my life. But now I have a God who has a plan for my life. The only thing is, I'm not sure exactly where I'm going. I'm heading to heaven, but between now and then, I've got to follow him, depend on him, and trust in him. That's still the same about Habakkuk. But Habakkuk was different in that we didn't know exactly what God was going to do next. He knew exactly what God was going to do. Listen to this conversation that Habakkuk had with God. Now remember, remember it's, a, it's just a conversation between God and him. And he starts off complaining. This is his complaint. Oh God, how long shall I cry for help and you will not hear? Or cry to you violence and you will not save? Why do you make me see iniquity? And why do you idly look at wrong? Destruction and violence are before me. Strife and contention arise. So the law is paralyzed and justice never goes forth. For the wicked surrounded the righteous, so justice goes forth perverted. Does that sound familiar at all? We're in a nation that's in trouble. It didn't matter who was going to get voted in. We're still in trouble. And Habakkuk, just like us, loves his country. But we love our God more than our country, and that was the same thing with Habakkuk. He loved his God more than his country. But he was deeply concerned for his country, deeply concerned. You go, God, we need help. People are down here are sinning. They've lost focus on you. Call us back to you, Lord. Come down. We need your help. We need you to come and save us, Lord. We're, off. we're going to go off a cliff and die. We're just, we're, we're, we missed the point completely, Lord. We're, we're lost. We need help. We need for you to come. Why do you sit idle, God, and not come? He's complaining. And God shows up. And guess what God says? Okay, I've heard your prayer. I'm paraphrasing, of course. I'm going to bring a nation in next to you and have them come and oppress your nation. And they're going to discipline you. Wait a minute. Hold on a second. I know we're unrighteous, God, but they're actually more unrighteous than we are. They're a lot more unrighteous than we are, God. And you're going to use them to come in and teach us something? Really? He complained again. God, and he he showed that he was kind of questioning God's trust in in, a situation. He goes, are you going to kill us, Lord? Are you going to let them kill us? And basically God says, do you really know that I love you and I would never do that? He said, I'm for you. But you've got to turn back to me. And I'll do whatever it takes to get you to turn back to me. Habakkuk struggled with that. He wrestled with God. In the New Testament, we didn't know what God was doing. Now, he knew what God was doing, but he had to do the same thing we have to do. We have to trust God, that he's a God that has a plan. We have to trust God that he's in control, that we're not God. And every time we try to be God, it doesn't work. Trust God. Oh, he grappled. Habakkuk was having a hard time with this word. But then he prayed. And he dug deep in faith and courage and strength. And he trusted into his deep well of trust. And he goes, okay. Okay, God. This comes from Habakkuk 3, 17 through 19. 
though the fig tree should not blossom, nor fruit beyond the vines. The produce of the olive fail, and the fields yield no food. The flocks be cut off from the fold, and there's no herd in the stalls. Yet, 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 I will rejoice in the Lord. I will take joy in the God of my salvation. God, the God is, who is my strength. He makes my feet like deers. He makes me tread on high places. It's kind of an interesting response. He didn't agree, but he realized he didn't really have a, a choice nor an opinion. God was in charge. And God had a plan that no man could fail or mess up. And he didn't need a backup to, to mess with it. All he needed to do is for Rebecca to just simply trust him that he knew what he was doing. And that's a time for us. And that's a word to us. We need to trust that God knows what he's doing. It's time. But do you know how Habakkuk did it? He had to grow some feet that were different from the feet that he had before. What did it say he had to do? He had to be like a deer. It makes him tread on high places. Habakkuk heard a cry in his heart. It was from a higher place. It was from a place higher than he was at. Saying, Habakkuk, come up here. Come out of the valley of despair. Quit looking into the TV. Turn off the radio. Don't read the papers. Look to me. It's time to look to me what I'm doing. Get up to the high places with me. And you're going to get up there. And Habakkuk says, I can't get up there where you're at, God. I realize probably that there's a different perspective than I have down here. But how do I get up there? He said, I'm going to have to grow hind feet. Feet like a deer that I can climb and scale walls. I mean, I'm going to have to work at this. I got to get up there, though, to get God's perspective, to get God's in God's position, to get behind what God was doing. He needed to get up where God was at, and that's the word to us. Just like Habakkuk, look up, Habakkuk, look up, come to a higher place, get out of the muck and the mire, get out of the mess, get out of the, the negativism, get out of the, the corruption, get out of the sinfulness, come up where I'm at where there's a righteous place of prayer and, get my, and we'll have a conversation about this together and I will share with you, I will be with you and I'll show you that I'm the God that has all things under control. Trust God no matter what. I'm here to declare to you that God is on the throne and that's our confidence. But we do need to get a different vantage point than we have. Imagine on this side of the cross how much that makes sense, the cross. How much we know now the cross makes sense. But imagine to the disciples, that didn't make any sense. You know that. We've heard that many, many times, but it's so true. God's plan never makes sense to us. But in the end, the resurrection, the life that Jesus led, has given us life that we would have never have known otherwise. We would have been the Peter saying, no, Jesus, don't. You can't do that. You can't go to Jerusalem. They'll kill you. And Jesus said, that's exactly where I'm going. The cross didn't make sense. But in Hebrews 11, 1 through 3, this is a requirement of us as Christians. Hebrews 11, 1 through 3. Now faith. Remember, 
can't live this life without faith. That's the difficult part of taking your next step with the Lord. You're going to have to believe him and trust him no matter what. Now, faith is the assurance of things hoped for, the conviction of things not seen. For by it, the people of old received their commendation. By faith, we understood that the universe was created by the word of God so that what is seen was not made out of things that are visible. It's not going to make sense, guys. It's not going to make sense to any of us. And if our hope is in anything but God, it's not going to, it's, we're hoping in the wrong places. Hebrews 10, 23. Let us hold fast the confession of our hope without wavering, for he who promises faithful. God is, we're in a world that's changing every moment. It's going to be getting worse and worse. Is that news? It's not going to get any better. But God's people will rise up and be the people of God like we've never been before. Because we have a mandate to rise up and be the people of God. We have a purpose now. We have a, a, a goal. And that's to go out and win the world that we're in and make a difference in the world and live differently than they've ever seen. It's time to lead instead of follow. But we're in the minority. And so we'll have to fight for everything we believe in. But it's okay. Because we can do it together. We can do this together. And we need to do it together. I may have said this before, and I've said it before, I apologize. I had a friend that came to visit the church, and when he was leaving, he saw the sign that said, now you're in your mission field. And he was very confused. So that plot of land right there is your mission field? I said, no, no, we need to move that closer to the road. No, it's when... When you leave, it's not, it's not that we don't do flower gardens here as our mission field. We, are, we are, have a mission. We have a, a plan that's unfolding in front of us that we need to be part of. And I want to encourage you, if you've been shrinking back, don't. If you're thinking about isolating, don't. If you've been isolating, come out of isolation. We need you. We need to go to the higher place together. And hear the call together. Go back to those places again. We can pray together again. And strengthen each other and say, what can we do together for the Lord? We're a part of a family. This is not something that you do on your own. Certainly we all have places we'll have to stand alone at times. But we always come back together and we pray and support each other. And that's a big part of what we do. We're a family of God. God's children gathered around the throne of God. Called up to a higher place to get his instructions to live the life that he called us to. And it's exciting. It's thrilling. It's difficult because we have to keep getting ourselves out of the way and trust him that he knows what he's doing. That's the hardest thing we have to do. The benefit of that is we get to be a part of something that's the last days and we are part of the last days people. We are the last days people. And we need to start thinking that way. What does he want to do through us before he returns? And to do that, you can't do it shrinking back. You've got to press forward into him. If you're wounded, God wants to heal you. If you got hurt by the church, God wants to heal you. If you got devastated by things that you didn't expect, because something happened that you didn't think ever would happen, but it did, and you were devastated, God can bring you back and heal that. But it's time not to shrink back. It's time to move forward. 
I felt like prophetically, I was praying about this this week for the church, saying, God, what are you doing in the church now? And I felt like he said, our country and the world needs us now than ever. And God's preparing to move us to the front line. Our leadership and what we offer as God's people is moving to the front line. It's going to be the most important thing this earth has ever known. It's the salt and light. It really truly will be the God's people rising up on the earth, being the people of God that this world so desperately needs, and we're going to do it together. But first, we need to look up. Hear God calling us out of the valley of despair and get to a higher place, to get a different vantage point and get on our knees and pray and say, God, I want to be a part of the unfolding plan. I want to be a part of the plan that no man can stop. I want to be a part of that, Lord. I don't want to miss it. I want to join with you, Lord. But it doesn't start going out winning the world. It starts, let's get with the Lord and pray. Go to the higher place. Scale the walls. Get with the Lord and all of us together. Kneel before the Lord and ask him to show us. Prepare me to move to the front. Are you ready for that? If you've been shrinking back and so moving forward, the call from heaven is great because he loves you. He wants us to succeed. So you can simply get back on, on track with the Lord. If you've been afraid and paralyzed with fear, you can get over that with God's help. But you have to get with him. And we can do this together. I want to have you stand. And before we end, I'm going to have us gather on the throne together. Everybody stand up, please. And we're going to have a prayer. I'd like for you to hold the hands of the person next to you. And I want you to hold the hands of the person next to you. And I want you to think about that, that this the person next to you is a part of your family. They're a part of the army that you're a part of. This is your brother and sister in the Lord. Now let's bow our heads and go to the Lord and that in mind. Lord, I pray that you'll commission this people to be the people of God. I ask God you'll deliver us of fear in the name of Jesus. I ask God that you'll set us free from being paralyzed by you know, you know, discouragement and being hear, hearing things that we know that is negative to the gospel. Deliver us, Lord, of the thinking that's not heavenward. And I pray, God, that you will turn our heads up. We'll begin to look up to you, God, and say, God, I want to be a part of this. And those who need to be healing will begin to receive healing now. Those who have been devastated by life and they have setbacks, that you'll regain their strength, Lord, and be a part of this army again. I ask, God, that you will, each one of us, I'll feel that high cry to get back up with you again, Lord, and get above the situation to get your perspective, to get your vantage point. And then, Lord, I pray that you'll give us strength and courage and fight and stability and endurance to go forward instead of pressing back. Forgive us, Lord, that we pull back when we need to push forward. Forgive us, Lord, that we pull back at the very moment you're saying press in. And I pray that we will be the people that we'll be proud of because we will put you first and we'll press in and we will endure and we'll go forward. And we pray for each other. We encourage one another in the Lord that you will come now and lead us as a people to go and be a part of the kingdom of God on this earth doing your will and that we will rise up and be the people of God that you'll be proud of. We pray and ask this in Jesus' name. And everyone said, Amen.
We hope you enjoyed this week's message. For next week's podcast and more information about Grace and our upcoming services and events, visit our website, www.gracehudson.org. Thanks for listening. Thank you.